everyone. Thanks for joining us for It's Good Sometimes, a mini podcast for busy people who feed kids. We're your hosts, Laren and Tammy, registered dietitians, co-founders of On Solid Ground Nutrition and Parents. As always, this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and does not replace advice from your primary healthcare provider or any specialist you are working with. Hey, Tammy. Hi, Laren. How are you? I'm great. It's back to school time. It is it's back to school. always kind of exciting and busy times. So. It's a very busy time. I have not yet. My oldest is turning four at the end of August, so I have not yet experienced the back to school craze. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, kind of getting excited maybe yeah (laughs) yeah I do have to do all the applications because in Vancouver I guess you have to apply I just found out to get them into school did you know that because you did not tell me that as my friend I just application (laughs) I just assumed that was a normal process is it I had no idea they started telling you in like November yeah so I've gotta gotta do that pretty soon Mm -hmm. so today we thought because it's kind of the September craze that we would talk about back to school lunches yeah yeah, school lunches is it's a big one. I yeah. feel like I feel like there's a lot of pressure on school lunches <laughs> to be to be a lot to be perfect. Um, a lot of pressure on parents um, if you are in a place like we are where you have to provide lunches every yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought we would start with you because you have three children mm-hmm. all in the school system. And so you've had lots of experience with providing school lunches. And I just wanted to kind of ask you, like, I would say, what are the three biggest things that you have learned from <laughs> packing school lunches over the last several years? Yeah, I think there's so I think it's it's been it has been a bit of a learning process because I think I did put a lot of I think I took in a lot of that pressure, but I think the things that I would say parents might want to consider. Yeah. Like what would be the first thing? And we'll learn this over time would be like the amount of time. So where we are, and I don't know if this is true everywhere or what, what other lunches look like, but where we are, there's not actually a ton of time to eat or not a ton of time for a break anyway. And so my kids have like somewhere between 12 and 15 minutes like it's always a bit unclear to me that's insane that is absolutely insane. <laughs> I can't I mean I can't eat a full lunch in, yeah. in that amount of time yeah it's pretty it's pretty short because they're also factoring in um like playtime outside that's part of their like physical activity time yeah and so when you say the 12 to 15 minutes is that actually them getting their lunches as well is that kind of the entire I, well I think so I don't know because I'm getting all of this from like my children over yeah. the years right but it sounds like no like that would be maybe the eating time okay but that the kind of refrain that I've heard especially from like one of my kids in particular and we can kind of talk about the difference in temperament and stuff later but um is that frequently there's not enough not enough time yeah just like object once they get their jackets and of course there's we're post pandemic we've just gone through there's so much hand washing right Mm -hmm. which like is a good thing but also takes a lot of time when there's a whole classroom involved so there's kind of lots lots around the time um, that they have to eat. That would be one thing. Yeah. So kind of considering time, if, I mean, depending on how long it is in the school that your child is going to, but mm-hmm. kind of considering what a child can consume in 12 to 15 mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. Um, especially if your kid is a slower eater or takes their time, like you really want to be thinking, okay, what can I send that they will be able to eat in that period of time? Yeah. Cause yeah. they actually don't, 
we don't want to encourage extremely fast eating, yeah. right? That's actually not, a, a, that's not great for digestion or, or yeah. anything, right? So I don't want to give foods that are going to take them so long that they can't actually fill up. So that would be, so time is one thing, the time that they actually have. The second one, again, like coming back to, well, I guess a couple of my kids is the environment that they're actually eating in. So again, I can only really speak for our school or the schools that we've been to, but the eating environment is really, really busy. There's a lot of kids in one place. Everybody's excited to see friends and there's tons of talking and um, it just, it can be really overwhelming if you are a kid who actually prefers quite a bit of quiet. Mm -hmm. And so that came up, right? Like, and that, where that becomes a consideration for me is like, what is an easy thing for you to eat in this non-ideal environment, right? It's not like the choices of food necessarily impact the environment, but it's just like, what is possible when another piece of the eating situation is less than ideal, I guess, right? Yeah. So what you're saying basically is if you have a child that maybe gets distracted or mm-hmm. just that's just gets overwhelmed with the stimulation mm-hmm. in that environment, they just may not be able to to really focus on their eating. Right. So something that maybe is like maybe a finger food or something that's just easier for them to actually get down that that has enough energy. Yeah. And things like, I mean, mine are more on the overwhelming side, but um, on the distraction side, right? Like if you have like containers that are hard to open, then that contributes to the distraction, right? Because it's a lot easier to give up and just talk to your friends, Yeah, (laughs) for example, right? So yeah, the the environment overall and the amount of supervision um, can make a difference too. What do you mean by that? Mm, Like we're in a um, there are fewer, there's a very high kid to adult ratio in our lunches. Okay. Um, there aren't a lot of adults in the room, which is, you know, fine on one hand in terms of not having a lot of feedback on the food or anything, but there's just not a lot of like calm presence, right? It's a lot of sort of, it's a bit, it's just a big boatload of kids in there yeah. and they're happy to be taking a break and they're doing their thing right so there's sort of and any feedback that is offered is usually in the form of like somebody getting after them right yeah um so it's not you know it's unsupervised too so So the focus is just it just might not be there right so kind of take that into consideration like a situation where there's like modeling of like a peaceful meal time. No. Yeah, and I think that's good to note because my kids have not yet been to they haven't been in a formalized daycare. We have a nanny and they haven't um also my um oldest is starting preschool, but she hasn't kind of been in that environment and had food in that environment. So it's not something she's necessarily prepared for and it will be really interesting to see kind of what happens. Mm-hmm. Um cuz she can get a little distracted sometimes. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, so it's something good to think about. Yep. And then a third one. Yeah, oh, so I would say the biggest one I guess is like are they going to get enough like with those things in mind? Like they got they they need to get enough to eat, right? It's like Yeah. Mid- it's midway through the school day. So, and this is this is where I'd say I've done a lot of experimenting over the years with finding something that they can eat given the constraints. The constraints are out of our control. So mm-hmm. the constraints are there. What can they eat that is actually going to fill them up? Mm-hmm. So, and I'll use like vegetables as the example here. 
this is school lunch is not the place that I am going to fill my kids' lunchbox with a lot of raw vegetables, simply because I know from experience they cannot eat them given the constraints. There's, it's too that they have. Yeah, it's too much time to chew. Yeah, <laughs> um, they don't like them enough to kind of overcome the the. Um, they're not committed to chewing those vegetables. They're not committed. Yeah. yeah. So they're sort of like, and and so so they often come home. My kids are pretty good about bringing stuff home. Yeah. So it's like, what can you, what can I get you that, that will actually give you a good couple of hours of energy sustenance? Yeah. yeah. And that's going to keep you from coming home and being just like beside yourself with hunger because that's that has happened, right? Yeah. And so I, when I, it was interesting because when you said enough food initially, I kind of thought you meant just volume of food. So if I hadn't kind of considered the environment and the length of time, I would have just sent like maybe two sandwiches or something to give them. Mm-hmm. But it's also like you actually want it to be somewhat calorically dense. They right? need to be like, dense. Yeah. You they want the energy filling, to be dense. Filling yeah. foods. And actually they need to be, like I would say the volume I don't think they, my kids. They don't have the, they have small They don't have time. Yeah. Well, and they don't have the time. They don't have the time to get through a large amount of food. So the density for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you found has worked with your kids and just like in general, what would you say? Like types of food? Yeah. Like if people wanted Mm. to kind of have some ideas, especially if you're, if this is your first child in a school age setting, right? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of trial and error, right? It's like getting to know your own kid and how lunch is working for them. But the stuff that has worked for us is um, like liquids yeah. sometimes. So not smoothies so much because they get a little bit weird. Like I would say that's a big thing I hear about a lot too is like something that might be really yummy right from the fridge. Like a strawberry, for example. Strawberries, my kids love strawberries, but they will often come home if mm-hmm. I pack them in lunch because just the the they sitting, get kind of soggy. They just get a little bit odd in a container, yeah. and I haven't found a good way to to present them. And that might not be true for every kid, but it is for mine. And so it, I think it would be kind of getting to know what is possible and working with them on it. Um, so liquids have worked for us. So like hot chocolate is a big one, okay. um, particularly for my one who gets really overwhelmed. Liquids tend to be a thing that she can really handle yeah and hot chocolate is great because you can make it with two percent milk or whole milk and to make sure that they're getting enough of that energy especially if they're finding it's really hard kind of to eat in that environment right yeah 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 and i struggle with a lot of like calcium rich foods for her anyways um but the other one is um we've we have a couple of sandwiches that we've been able to do so there's no nuts we have a nut preschool and actually not even just nuts but like some like, for example, hummus is not. Okay. Um, they're a bit careful with hummus in some of the classrooms because of the Tahini? seeds. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we have found, like, a seed butter sandwich. That, that they like. Yeah, that works. Leftovers sometimes work. Um, quesadillas. Quesadillas. Probably. Any kind of, like, bread product, right? Any kind of flatbread bread with like spread or dip or sauce or like with some cheese. type of fat basically yeah yeah P- pizza works like if anytime we make or buy pizza we'll usually get extra yeah um because my kids will well two of them will eat it cold not all of them will but um and then pasta is a big one yeah once we got to the point where they could open their containers 
Um, and like pasta with like Alfredo sauce or what type of sauce would you put on there? My kids like pesto and okay. red sauce. Yeah. Sometimes they'll take butter. But again, if the container doesn't quite work, then the butter gets a little bit odd. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's kind of thinking about like what is going to be still appealing, I guess, is the other thing. Yeah. Visually and kind of texturally. And so that's just been, I would say like how we've come to that is just me believing them I guess when they say I don't have enough time or I I don't like this thing or whatever like they they have been really honest and open to bringing their lunches home and I have tried to like the best of my ability and like this has not been perfect to not panic when lunches don't get eaten and just to try to kind of figure out what's going on like I think that's how we've kind of gotten to these things so it's been a lot of trial and error on both sides and then like that's not to say that that's true for everyone I have one kid where I've just sent leftovers every day for the entire time and it has been no problem right like I just send whatever it gets eaten there are zero issues I've never heard any feedback about any part of the school environment it's been fine so it, it really is kind of being attuned to your child. I mean, I'm thinking yeah, about my dependent for sure. Yeah. And I'm thinking about my oldest. She takes a long time to eat. Um, we did pre- try preschool last year for a little bit. And she was like that kid that was, she would sit and enjoy her food, but she would be the last one because mm-hmm. she just really took her time. Right. Cause she's never been rushed before. Mm-hmm. So um, that definitely will be a bit of a transition for her probably. Um, that's really good. Um, just some good points. And then I know you've mentioned just personally as your friend kind of over the years that there can be some really interesting feedback from oh, so much feedback. <laughs> from teachers. We don't want to go down a randy hole right now, but yeah. like just what what would you say to parents? I mean, if they're if they've never had that feedback about the food or what they're feeding their kids, like what have you learned? Yeah, I would say that so and this is with like the utmost respect to anyone working in a school system and like anybody who's a healthcare professional or whatever, um, anybody who might be having information about kids eating, lots of respect there. But the people who are involved in the eating of school lunch food are the parents and the kids. And that is it. And so I think there is often a lot of feedback. There's often a lot of feedback, even just like, uh, accidentally from like the internet, right? We see like cool school lunch art and like all of this stuff, right? Oh, Presenting yeah, things. Yeah, like yeah. making your carrots into flowers and all of this stuff. And like at the end of the day, your kid just needs enough food to keep their brain available for learning. And, and that's it, right? And yeah. so who knows best what works there is them and you. And that's it. And so that it's... It's hard to do. Again, I'm not saying it doesn't, you can just let that rub, rub, run off your back and it's easy, but to the best of your ability, like that, that feedback, you don't need to take it on. It's not. Yeah. One of our teachers, do you remember? Feedback is free. Like you don't have to take it, right? Like yeah. you can actually just shell that and let it go. I mean, it's really hard in reality, I think, if you're yeah. getting more feedback than you would like. But I think for me, it's, it's, it's kind of this subtle pressure, which I really dislike. And I think that's one of our goals through this podcast is really to to help parents maybe try and let go of some of that pressure that we're feeling yeah. from all of these external sources, right? And that kind of what you said, like 
it is a relationship between you and your child, what you are going to feed them. And they just, people can stop giving feedback. They don't get to. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, I think, and I won't go down this rabbit hole, but there are lots of other ways to ensure childhood nutrition than keeping on top of parents to make sure that happens, right? Individual parents, certainly, but there are many other things. And so if we have a lot of concerns about child nutrition, there are other ways to um, make our concerns known. Yeah. And I guess it's also good to think about the fact that this is one eating opportunity throughout the day, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, I know we constantly, it feels like we constantly bash vegetables on this podcast and that is not true. We do, we like vegetables, but I think. And think they're important. Yeah, I think they're important, but I think it's not, if you're concerned about them bringing back vegetables or not eating their vegetables when they're there, like it may be, as you said, kind of time, or it may just not be the right time as an eating opportunity to add in vegetables, right? If we're considering the length of time and the environment and all those other things, and just actually the energy that vegetables provide, which is not a lot for a growing kid, right? Yeah. I mean, I think there's when it comes to school lunches, like I actually have quite a bit to say, like there's, but. Oh yeah, we're going to cut it off. Yeah. (laughs) We're not going to go down. Um, But just in terms of those practicalities, I think like the considerations of your own school environment and then kind of trying to make the best match of food. For your child. Yeah. For your little eater. Yeah. um, And kind of trying to leave it at that really. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm excited to start packing school lunches in a year, but I'll probably well, fatigue. Just wait. Yep. <laughs> I'll probably fatigue pretty quickly. I mean, I don't, I don't love to cook anyways, but I mean, lunches can be fun. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, you'll Coach get to me in a couple years, like, and they can get involved. Like there is lots of lovely things about it. It's another place to develop food skills, and you know, there can be many, many truths at once. Yeah, there. <laughs> it can be challenging. Okay, well, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Where can you find us? You can find us on Instagram at OSG Nutrition and also on our website, www.osgnutrition.ca. We would love to hear your feedback. Give us, um, email us your questions, post them on Instagram and just let us know how we're doing. And thanks for listening. Bye everyone. Thank Bye. you.